Welcome to the acclaimed podcast, Deep Dive with Andy and the White Whale. Welcome to the Deep Dive. Andy, the hell's going on? <laughs> we got any sports to uh, talk about? <laughs> yeah, the the doldrums. The doldrums Ooh. of May. Yeah, I mean, it's we harp Ooh. on this and harp on this, but we're, we're I don't know, like... You know the stories of the Native Americans back in the day, where sure. they would they would take the bison, the mighty bison of the plains, and they would use every last piece. That's <laughs> what we are attempting to do. We are <laughs> we are trying to you know not even just like oh hey we're degenerate gamblers and we're gonna bet on everything. It's not like, I mean it's not like I wasn't live betting the golf tournament last weekend. That was oh, hell yeah fun, actually, but that was a shitload of fun. You know even just from a from an entertainment standpoint. You know, I'm not going to say I sat and watched every NBA playoff game every year, but like it was, it's an awful nice thing to have. Like it's a luxury to have, I guess, at this point, uh, NBA playoff games to watch if, if, you know, if it were a normal year. And it, it sucks that we don't have that. So I guess I'm just, you know, I'm, I'm enjoying the little things, even if it's a weird skins game, which, by the way, maybe I do need to, that reminds me. Maybe I need to push on that again. I've been harping for the skins game, the real one that they used to have to come back for years. Maybe this is finally the year for it since sports are such a wacky year and, and skins game is a, maybe a little better for social distancing. So, I mean, skins game, whatever they did last week was fun. It was a weird ending. I'm not sure they thought that through completely. I still had fun. I still bet on it. I'm going to, I've already bet on this, uh, the golf tournament this weekend with the the NFL quarterbacks and Tiger and Phil. There's a few other little things. I've been talking NASCAR with our friend Kelly. There is some exhibition tennis. I'm not going to, I'm not going to say I didn't live bet tennis today. Mm. So, I mean, it's just, you know, you, you take the, you take the good, you take the bad, you take it all. And there you have the quarantine. <laughs> you've been in, you've been, have you been in on any of the, uh, the table tennis fixes no i have not made a single table tennis bet i know some people that have done well i know some people that are legit like into it and i respect that not you know if if you're gonna get into something get into it don't don't just say oh you know i'm gonna i'm gonna parlay like a couple minus 400s and it'll come down to like minus you know whatever it comes to and well, just hopefully it hits. I just need something to bet on and something to cheer for. Like there are legitimately people that are following the the Russian and Ukrainian table tennis tournaments and like really paying attention and learning some of these players' names, which I I have no interest in doing that. I've 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 drawn the line at like very very low level women's tennis exhibition. Yeah, the tennis exhibition has been pretty good actually. I've been enjoying that. I've been that's that's most of my. That's kind of the only thing I'm in sports, live sports wise, that I've been focusing on since League of Legends kind of went on break. Um, the uh, the live sports that it was happening on Sunday that you alluded to, the um, uh, the charity golf skins, was awesome. I loved it. I loved every minute of it. The ending, as you mentioned, needed to be thought out a little better. Uh, they needed to start that an hour earlier, uh, and then they could have played like a legit playoff. Uh, as opposed to closest to the pin, because um, that uh, it felt very much like uh, Ricky got robbed. He was so good uh, once he got hot. 
and uh, and then his pitch was just a mess. Yep. Um, well, yeah, it's 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 like a, <laughs> you know, it'd be like deciding the NBA finals and like yeah, get five guys out here, shoot some free throws. Like it'll, yeah, it'll right. Bag a step, and I, it felt. Uh, so I used to run a, a golf tournament, and by run a golf tournament, I mean I knew a golf pro, and we'd get like thirty people together in October when nobody was golfing up here, and we'd get the whole course to ourselves. Ooh, nice. play, you know, we just play nine holes and then we'd go to a bar that had a huge beanbag board area, beanbag board tear, you know, tournaments, grill out, get drunk. It, it just turned into a really, really long day because you'd start drinking at like seven in the morning when you golf. And one <laughs> one year we, we had like a tie and I didn't give a shit who won. Like it's, you know, I, it's fun to win, but I was, I think I might've even been involved in the tie mm-hmm. and people, you know, there's people that are like legitimate, good golfers. It was just a best ball tournament and every, Oh, let's play. We'll play these three holes again, or we'll play one hole again. Like, no, like everybody, we just put the kibosh on that. We wanted to get to the bar. So that's what we did. Like we just, we stuck the balls, you know, like 30 yards from the pin and everybody pitched to see how close they could get and declared a winner. So that's, that's what you do in like a drunken, I mean, it was called Voctoberfest. Okay. Voctoberfest. Yeah. We just like drink it. vodka in the morning. It's not how you end a, it's not how you end a televised golf tournament like this. I don't know. I think I think yeah. lost too, but either, either yeah. way, like it, it just made me laugh. I'm like, I'm like, this is how we ended Voctoberfest. This is not how you end something professional. Yeah. So I'd like to see something different, but uh, we talked about like the pacing, you know, at a normal golf tournament, you'll see other groups. They really stuck to the, to the featured group on this one, but uh, (laughs) like, I didn't even mind the big spacing because I was trying to do some work and you know, they'd all take their shots and then you get like two minutes while you're waiting for them to walk up and find their balls. Like I was getting a lot done and still being pretty entertained. And you had a lot of time in between shots to do some live betting. It was, it was kind of nice. I didn't mind the pacing at all. And it, it was kind of relaxing. It wasn't very, uh, it wasn't hectic as far as the live betting goes. Yeah. I, so the, uh, the feature group thing is funny of it. The, um, I can't remember if I texted you this or not, but, uh, I absolutely like my favorite part of masters Thursday, Friday, is the featured groups because you get such a different experience watching them take every shot. Do you know what I mean? Like you yeah. don't get to, you don't get to see and not not only that, but like they were in this particular uh, setup, they had to carry their bags. They had did, to, did you see DJ you know, line up? Yes, I did. Yeah, that was outstanding. Uh, they had to carry their bags. They're wearing shorts. They're using view, you know, the distance finders. Uh, they're reading the greens. They're uh, trying to read the greens by themselves. That was uh, notably, uh, notably failed <laughs> quite a few times. Yeah. Anybody um, who says, you know, anybody who says caddies aren't important. Yeah. Like, they play a very big part in, uh, in an overall golf game. Yeah. But I, I absolutely love watching the featured groups at Augusta on days one and two, just because you get such a different experience of the course and, uh, and the players and, you know, kind of how they're approaching any given hole. Uh, and that part came through loud and clear with that Seminole Seminole, the number one, the course was beautiful. The setup was, was perfect, perfect day condition wise. They had some challenging wind. You had views of the ocean on half the holes, the, you know, just in general, like that was such a perfect spot for really well done by the, by the course and by the production crew. I thought, um, didn't listen to a lot of it. I kind of 
I, when we got to like the Bill Murray interview, I kind of was like, you know what? I'm just going to turn on music and enjoy the visual part of this while I'm doing other stuff, listening to music. And so that was a good decision, I think. Um, but I do think there were some lessons you could probably take away from that, that you can maybe weave into a handicapping approach once we get back to golf coming back. Um, have you thought about this at all? Cause I mean, first professional sport we're going to have here in the United States being contested is going to be the PGA tour and end of June, right? Yeah. I've been thinking a lot about that. I haven't really talked to anybody yet as far as like fully fleshing it out, but man, it just feels like, it feels like a car crash that you can see from three miles away. Like just, <laughs> just getting, getting involved yeah. with it at all seems like maybe a bad idea. No, that's crazy. no, no. I mean, I meant not at all, but like getting involved heavily. Like it's sure. going, okay. it's going to be, it's not going to be like just jumping back in. Oh, this is golf's back. We'll just bet it. Like you know, they haven't. There's been a weird layoff. Who knows what kind of you know what kind of rules are going to have to put in place for you know spacing themselves out from their caddies and like who knows who actually shows up and who is motivated. It's going to be a weird tournament. Like I'm not excited to go full ham on it. Like I'm going to bet it. I'm not saying I'm going to skip it. I'll, I'll bet that for sure. It's golf. I love betting yeah. golf. I'm probably just going to stick to matchups on that. And yeah, it'll be worth talking to some people about that as far as what their thoughts are. Maybe we'll get some, I'll get a few people's thoughts on, you know, just, jumping back into golf like that i personally think that if we really comb the information channels well we can do do well because what i thought mattered a lot in this charity match was fitness level that was pretty clear that was pretty transparent the amount of golf you've been playing um you know kind of your natural strengths as opposed to the parts of the game you're trying to work on right like so one of the handicapping angles coming into that little charity match was okay well ricky's clearly the best kind of short player right he's gonna he's, he's gonna dominate the par threes he's going to have the best putting and that's kind of you know what you would think of his kind of you know the best parts of his game right and he, sure enough i thought he was incredible like once he kind of got warmed up a little bit knocked a little bit of the rust off the putter he was incredible at that right like because and i think because that's like i think the natural kind of strengths and weaknesses of the players are going to matter more once they come off of a layoff like this you saw rory i thought his driving was absolutely outrageously good like that and again that kind of goes to his kind of in a in you know his kind of innate uh talent you know what i'm trying to say i i just yeah and i felt like i went into it hoping I could maybe glean something about what golfers look like off a layoff. And then you just realize that like Dustin Johnson didn't give a shit. Like he was more than happy to donate his time and play some golf for a good cause, but he didn't care. Like He wasn't playing competitive. Like, I don't want to say like he went out there and just lollygag, but he played pretty awful. Like, I thought he could have played. I don't know better. that it was and I don't, compet- and that's okay, right, it's see. like, it's like, I don't know what his, uh, what has he been doing? Like that, that's, that's exactly where, it. Are no, we going to have to call Instagram? And no, we heard it. Like, no, this, I know, I'm telling you, you heard it too. Yeah, I know. Like, J- Dustin did it. He hasn't been playing golf. Like yeah. you, like, like there's, we heard it. We, we found that information out before the match. Like I was literally like, you know, as we went into this, I was like, well, how, you know, you first see a line pop and you're like, wait a second. 
Dustin Johnson and Rory, these are two of the five best golfers on the planet going up against uh, Ricky Fowler and, uh, you know, and Matthew Wolf, who's a true up and comer. Like definitely I wouldn't put him in the you know classification of like, he's a slam dunk top 10 golfer. Right. And you look at the odds and you're like, wait a second, how can two of the top five in the world be only this small a favorite? Right. And is, is it, uh, is this Ricky's home course? You know, is this Matthew Wolf's home course? Right. Like that was the kind of thoughts that go through your head and you kind of, you try to make sense of the opening line and you found out pretty quick. Well, Dustin Johnson hasn't really picked up a golf club so much in the last two months. Like he, and he wasn't playing especially well coming into the layoff. Right. And I think all of that showed, I think it showed he didn't, you know, you can, you can chalk it up to motivation, but you know, I think he was not having a great front nine. And so he kind of decided, well, I guess I'm going to mail in the back nine like that, that weaves itself into uh, you know, a, uh, uh, first time back on the PGA tour in the same way, right? Like how I, you have a bad day one, you know, you chalk it up to, okay, well, I'm just knocking the rust off this tournament. I'm not going to make the cut. Forget about it. Right. Like I think you can absolutely extrapolate some of this into how the performances will, you know, will be come once the tour comes back around. Cause obviously it, to me, Rory looked like he has been working out a lot. He looked absolutely fit as I've ever seen him. Uh, and his, you know, his strengths were, true strength still like i thought it was a it was a good kind of conf and maybe i'm just confirming my priors too much on this that's possible but (laughs) but i mean sometimes you know you can say like oh i'm just i'm biased or sometimes sometimes confirming your priors is something you should do because they were true and you're right like your priors can be right something you just hit on that got my brain spinning is just like the round-to-round stuff I think you're definitely going to see some, like you'll be able to tell in the first round and it'll be interesting to see some of the adjustments the books make on like round two matchups. matchups. Like, man, like this, this guy is not in golf shape and (laughs) he knows he's not making the cut. And I think if you actually watch, maybe not even watch it, watching helps. Watching is the best, but even just looking at, you know, some of the shot by shot or following along on Thursday, you can really tell like who's maybe going to be mailing it in on Friday, just getting out there and been working on their game and knowing that they're going home for the weekend. Yeah. Like, there's, I've, I've seen some people and just some people that I know that bet golf that are smarter than me and done it a lot longer. Like they have made some very good plays on five on, on Fridays, like round two yeah. is just, and, and a lot of it isn't like full, analytics and numbers a ton of it is just you know knowing the game and knowing these players which is tough because i don't know them all so i know i completely agree with you and i want to get your thought we're eventually going to get into kind of a little bit more fleshed out handicap of the match two between tiger and phil uh here this weekend because that'll be kind of the the keynote of today's podcast but before again i'm going there i want i just wanted a general thought there's been a ton of good sports betting content lately like so much it's a it's very very um exciting we talked about it with captain jack how like a lot of the people with like legit experience and a legit point of view that i care about hearing from are really kind of putting information out there that's valuable to kind of help improve your process um and i want to give special attention to the two pods that uh matt metcalf did from circa those were absolutely great i finally yeah. got caught up on those suit you know the the 
the Spanky Pod and then the Bet the Process Pod with uh, Metcalf were awesome. Um, made me think about um, a number of things in a new uh, new light. In particular, um, uh, Metcalf, I thought, talking about opening the yes-no market in a way to get a sharper number on the market on the top of the board for the futures, like and how valuable that is to the you know if you're going to operate a low hold future board overall, like that makes so much sense. Uh, and kind of the relationship between those two and how having a two-way market uh, can be advantageous. It was it was really cool hearing that. Um, and then... Oh, just, uh, yeah, his, it, it's funny we talk about process all the time. And a lot of times, almost always, we're talking to a sports better or a modeler or, you know, just someone who's interested in a sport trying oh, to figure out more about yeah. it. And, like, the process of the other side is not something you get a very good look into ever. So, you know, once you've listened to this and then, you know, re-downloaded it and listened to it again and shared it with some <laughs> friends, full permission, go listen to those. Yeah, especially I really did enjoy the one where he was talking to Rufus and Jeff. Yeah, Just, yeah. I mean, the, the, the transparency, you know, obviously you can't give away all the, all the recipes, but the transparency he's shown explaining kind of, and it's funny, his learning process. Like yeah. he, you know, it's, it's not something that's done on the regular. It wasn't something that was done in his previous experience at other sports books. Like yeah. it's kind of new and, you know, uh, you know, we want to shout out Circa and Medcalf, but good for Derek Stevens for like Seriously. letting him get away with this. Cause it's, it's, I can't imagine the profit margins are as good as they could be. If you want oh, sure. to just go, you know, status quo. Like let's just oh, be real, you know. Let's just fraught, be real. Oh, it's it's, uh, it's fraught with um, uh, it's fraught with uh, risk. <laughs> Absolutely. Um, let me ask you though. Uh, did do you think you can maximize your potential as a player without ever working as a bookmaker? Yeah. No, just you don't. Uh, you don't think you really need to have. Uh, a, some experience on the other side of the counter to kind of put the final pieces of the puzzle together. I, I think it would help. I'm not saying it'd be like a bad thing, but I'm not. You know, I'm not saying if if you want to win at sports betting, you need to go get a job as a ticket writer. And no, that's not what it. I'm saying. I just mean for you personally. Do you think you can maximize your, uh, you know, your ability to handicap and win long term with that? You know, if you if you're always a player. As, as what is the alternative in this scenario? Uh, like, that like, somebody calls you up and says, "Hey, man, we really need you to uh, manage the. We really need you to to trade uh, college basketball for us this season. Yeah. Uh, you're the best guy for the job. Come and come work uh, uh, this season trading college Circa basketball." Circa Des Moines. Yeah. Yeah. No, it would be an interesting opportunity. I wouldn't say I'd turn that down because Jesus, you could really pull the curtain back and see a lot of uh, how things operate. And it's just like, you know, we always talk about this, especially in the NFL podcast. And maybe it's especially because the, we talked so much NFL over the year, but getting to understand the market in the NFL, I think has been maybe even more important than just getting to understand the NFL and the inner workings of how we set our power numbers. Knowing the market is crazy valuable. And if you, it's, if you're making the market, learning, yeah, learning even deeper how the market's made. Like, you know, getting to watch the butcher make the sausage is one thing, but like actually having the recipe for the for the kielbasa is a whole nother a whole nother deal. Like, 
yeah, working on that side of the counter would be <laughs> crazy valuable. And, and there are, I mean, there's a ton of people we know that have done, have done both sides and, you know, they, they have a wealth of knowledge and, you know, I don't want to say, Hey, go get a job. And that's your kid's success. there doing that. But I think just maybe the going back to the networking and talking to some of these people who have done that or just listening to podcasts like that. You even you can, you, know, you, can even fill, you can fill that gap just by kind of reading and listening and, and, and being curious. Yeah, I think, I think so. Maybe not okay. completely fill the gap, but fill the gap enough as far as a commensurate amount, as far as not spending a couple of years out of your life, you know, trading trading a sport on the other side of the counter just to get that amount of knowledge yeah it's kind of like the difference but you know we talked it's funny we talked about this with captain jack off the air a little you know there's no there's no college for this you can't go get a a master's in sports betting yeah for sure it, it is the same kind of thing you know you're not uh you, you maybe don't need to go do a two year. It, it'll almost be like getting a, an associates in bookmaking, go working for two years uh, across the, on the other side of the counter. Like, yeah. I think you can kind of piece it together enough where you don't need that piece of paper at the end. You don't need to show someone your resume to go make bets on pinnacle or something. So, you know, get, just grabbing that information here and there, like we've done and networking and talking to people and listening to these podcasts, reading a few books that were written by some of these people. I think you can piece a lot of it together and really, I mean, really get to the point where you understand the market a ton better. That's, that's one of the weird, like it's, it's not like the eye-opening moments we talk about with other things. Like we've had some really big aha moments. Learning how the markets work has kind of been a really slow burn. Aha! Uh-huh. If, oh, yeah, yeah. if you get my meaning, I think oh, yeah, over the sure. past couple of years, and just learning how different markets differ from sport oh, to sport, yes. or from you know even within its own sport, from bigger games to smaller games to weekday games to, and that's where you can pick up some of this stuff just off podcasts. How many times have you heard someone say it on a podcast, like? You know, there we're, there's plenty of bookmakers that go do appearances on podcasts and weekly or radio shows and things like that. And, you know, they'll talk about that Sunday night game and they'll say, like, you know, we're going to have a lot of teaser and parlay money tied up in that, you know, on Green Bay on Sunday night. Sure. If, yeah. if it comes to that, you know, you, it's it's interesting to just realize how, how even games within the same sport differ in the market just based on when they're played during a day. Yeah. Yeah. I think I for sure kind of hearing some of the, some of the commentary at open at the, the most recent aha kind of I had was I had always kind of, uh, kind of lumped, you know, talked about, Oh, the penny model, right? Like, Oh yeah. Like it's a, it's a model that exists that can be applied to every, any given market. Well, no, it's definitely not, you know, every market has super specific nuances. You can't run uh, a high volume uh, you know, low hold market in every single sport and expect to them all to be the same, right? Like think about like just the difference between college football and NFL, you know, there's 16 games in the NFL that you got to worry about, right? Like you can get a sharp number pretty fast. Uh, if you have, you know, 10, 15, especially sharp players who you're giving kind of early shots at and you're shaping your number quickly, right? It in college football you're paying in 60 games right like it's a it's a much tougher ask to be able to sharpen all of those numbers super quickly right 
Yeah. I just, a lot of what, what uh, Mr. Medcalf said is kind of coming back to me and I'm just sitting there thinking about it. Like him talking <laughs> about, like, it just, it just reminds me of us, you know, going from maybe it's a bad comparison. Cause he wasn't a novice getting into this. He knew what the hell he was doing. Oh, just, he was definitely, you know, yeah. you know, he was very experienced, but doing it differently. He talked about um, taking some money and moving a line and someone telling him like, Hey, you, you can't move it that, you know, like that much. Yeah. Now, now that we're, we're, you know, maybe in the old world <laughs> with the, with the hold that you used to have, you can make that move, but now you can't move it that way. Like you, yeah. you have to do things completely different. So it was, it yep. was pretty interesting just hearing that he had such a learning curve too to get things the way they are. And, uh, you know, hopefully things get going because they, you know, I hate to just sit here and, lick circuit <laughs> it's hard not to because i just love how they're doing things but yeah no you know, they, sure, had a, sure, they had a location, sure. yeah, they had a location yeah a location open in colorado and yeah oh yeah and now oh, and man. now it's like oh man there's i gotta move to colorado i guess um well, no, no, the, um, also there's just no sports <laughs> yeah no I, yeah for sure like, shitty the uh the um the other super interesting one and i haven't asked you off the air if you've gotten a chance to listen to this but did you listen to matthew trenhale's interview on uh the betting pod no oh god I, that was i know so i'm good. seeing so many people so good something is wrong i use i have an android which shame me if you want you fucking apple people eventually you'll, I, you'll make enough money you can buy an iphone right i know like that's funny like <laughs> this thing costs just as much as an iphone right? like, i just sure <clears throat> i'm just stuck in my ways like once you learn where all the buttons you know like just <laughs> if you're used to an operating system it's like man i'm sure. just gonna i'm just gonna keep getting this so like the first smartphone I ever got must have been, God knows what it was. Boy, that'd have been like ten phones ago. But I've just always had an Android, so I use whatever podcast app I downloaded years ago, and I'm used to it. I like it, and for some reason, when I get to the business of betting pods, it won't play. Like it doesn't hmm. give me an error. It just paused. You hit play, nothing happens. Thing doesn't move. So I'm gonna have to listen to these on like SoundCloud or something else, I guess. Yeah. The other 30 podcasts I download, they all work. So yeah. I don't know what's going on with the RSS feed. All right. Well, good luck. Yeah, you can you can find a workaround. I know you can. You're an yeah. industrial. So I, I haven't listened to that one, but I'm very excited too. It's uh it's absolutely worth listening to. Uh I thought it was fascinating too, seeing some of our you know, respected friends disagreeing with some of the key points and you know, like the viability of a of a you know high volume, low, low margin book in the United States, blah blah blah. Like I, I don't really find that that interesting, I guess, even though you know, like we're saying, we would love to see Circa succeed at that. That's their, even their stated goal. But, um, but the interesting, you know, as the deeper he got into the pod, the better it was. He talked a lot about. Uh, he, he he knows a lot about the tennis market that I we have to get him on at some point and kind of explore like how those lines originated and the role of marathon specifically. Because I've always wondered how the you know the marathon pinnacle relationship is in tennis and you know how valuable that how valuable that market specifically is because who's betting into it and you know how uh you know that they are especially sharp in tennis and uh should we get, some, should we get on to uh linkedin and I, see if I, I, find I, someone I, who works at marathon no i'm oh well yeah probably should but uh the uh it, does he work at marathon no he doesn't work. No, I'm saying I would oh. love to talk to somebody who works oh. for Marathon. Well, Ma- Matthew like, who, and I are making on LinkedIn. So we'll we'll I'll, we'll get him on the podcast uh, as uh, during this downtime for sure because I have a million more questions for him. 
the point I wanted to bring up though, and you didn't hear it. So you're not, you're going to, this is going to be totally fresh question for you, but he was basically like, because now if you're betting sports now, if you're betting Korean baseball, if you're betting table tennis, you're betting Sims, right? You're, you know, this is the golden age. I think he's called it the golden age for if you are just a, like a good contrarian instinctual, you know, mental model kind of better, right? Like if you're, if you're using a mental model as opposed to a numerical model to come up with prices, that this is kind of your golden age. Does that check out to you? Yeah, I think so. As far as a mental model goes, I don't know. I'm so against anything being black and white. You know, it's small. It's a part of everything. Like it's a part of everything we do that we model anything we do with NFL that, you know, you have your power numbers. We have our estimates for what totals should be. You still need to, you still need to take into account everything else. And like we just talked about with the golf, when it comes up, some of that round two stuff and, you know, the, the smart people I talk to that know so much more about the certain players and events, courses, weather, how things affect things, how, key times affect things at different courses, times, players, all that jazz. You know, it's very useful, but at the same time, I still want my numbers. I, don't, <laughs> I, I feel like you know, it, it all marries in. There, there's just nothing that's ever going to be black and white for me. And I know everybody handicaps a little differently, but I, I think you have your, you know, your, your modeling, your analytics, your numbers, your pricing, your, power numbers then the other hand like you said the mental modeling the instincts your just your opinion really in a lot of this and i think every sport is just a different ratio of the two i don't sure, think yeah, any sure. no That's sport is really 50 50 but you should be I, blending I wanna, I, yep, that yep, ratio yep. is different in different sports for sure i agree so something like uh first pga event when it comes back and we'll when, when that does come Believe me, we'll do a whole dedicated podcast. Oh, <laughs> I'm, just curious. I'm just curious. I'm just curious. Like, if you ran numbers for it, like, how much weight would you put on them? Like, you, you know, it's been a three and a half month layoff. So, golf, <laughs> you know, we, we talked about, uh, oh, we talked about this out there with college basketball, but golf was something I really didn't get into. Every year we do the Masters, I dabble a little in some of the other big tournaments. And it was really just recreational. And then last year, I talked to our friend we've had him on, James Mazzola, J-Maz on Twitter. He does the for-profit pod with Haven Brown. And, you know, a few other people. We talked to Rufus a little bit on golf, although, you know, he, you know how he is. He's not going to give away anything. There's a bunch of people I know that have just bet golf, and it's fun like tennis as far as it being every week almost. So I said, I actually want to get into this. And people gave me a few good sites, Fantasy National, Data Golf, a few other places, and just, you know, where to get the information you're going to need. And I got into it. I really did enjoy it. I enjoyed the the sweat every week. And uh, matchups turned out pretty well for the most part for the first year. And I ended up, I, I hit like 60% on matchups. I was pretty happy with that. It wasn't a big sample size, but it's better than doing terrible. So then you go into the winter break. We come into the spring. Uh, people kind of tried to warn me, but maybe didn't do a good enough job. On, and that's on them, not me. And I just went feet first and said, well, I will just, I'll just <laughs> handicap golf how I've been handicapping golf. And I'm sure this will be just fine. And I lost. I don't want to say I lost my ass, but, man, I should, 
I should pull up the uh, I should pull up my the whole enchilada Google the whole enchilada yeah. Yeah. Oh, and and gave, like, you gave back some uh, sweet, sweet college basketball winnings on, on uh, golf matchups. L- luckily, it was during college basketball. So, like anything I was losing on golf, I was making up on college basketball, especially I had a nice little run there. But yeah, like going going through the Genesis. Oh, my God. Yeah, I was down like I was down seven units in a hurry. Like, yeah. through like three tournaments, just nothing was going right. I'd made money the year before and I, I tweeted about it. I said, this isn't the same. This isn't the same as summer golf. This is goofy tournaments. There were some tournaments where they were playing, you know, three different courses and players were rotating from course to course. There was some 54 hole, you know, with, with three courses like yeah. that. The the cut is in a different point. You don't cut yep. on Friday afternoon. You cut on Saturday afternoon after everyone's had a chance to play all three courses. So, like, just some of the weird changes and the fact that people were coming off a layoff. You had some players who hadn't played at all. You had some of the lower players that were coming in, and I didn't have the proper information. It's like, hey, this guy looks like he sucks. No, he just won in Saudi Arabia. Like, they were playing <laughs> other tours that you're not getting yeah. You know, where I was getting my information wasn't good enough and just not digging in deep enough and just getting shelled sucked. And, you know, I think, yeah, I bottomed out at minus seven and a half units and through the players, which was the last one I played, I was only down 0.14. So I made those seven. I made, yeah, I made the seven and a half units back. I'm about even on golf for the year, but it's just like anything else. There is a learning curve. And if you're betting, it's not just, oh, man, I'm getting a C in this class, and that sucks. It's like, oh, man, I lost a lot of money. <laughs> learning, <laughs> learning curves aren't it's, – it's the ultimate motivator, I guess. Like, yeah. hey, I'm getting my shit pushed in here. I better figure something out. I better talk to some people. <laughs> I better look at why I'm losing. Why – you know, you we talk about this over and over, run it back. Like, why did this matchup lose? Why did this player who you thought was much better than the other player – place so poorly like what was you know was it an outlier was something happening were you way wrong did you not have stats you know you start running you start actually looking into like i'm gonna look at his last 12 rounds and realize a player hadn't played in three months and then you go back further so you're looking at one guy's last 12 rounds that might not include anything from like the last month or two Oh yeah, it, it can be way back. It's just you know when you start looking at that you're not you're not realizing the context that you're not putting to things. So I learned some valuable lessons about uh, February and January and February golf for sure. But and I, I think that's why I'm so scared. Like I I didn't even tell the story earlier. This is why I'm scared about just jumping in because mm-hmm. of the layoffs and you know I'm gonna try to do things different. Well, I'm not. Not to say like I'm so scared I'm not going to play, but I think it's a good scared. Like I said, I respectfully, uh, yeah. Well, I tried to do things the way I'd done it over the summer when everyone had been playing. Like I started at the Masters, everyone that's been playing for months. I get into it. I'm looking at everyone's stats, and it's it's a it's you know that rolling calendar is moving at that point. Whereas in January, the the layoffs were all different between people. So now I'm you know, I learned it. And when we go into this tournament in June and everybody's had a weird layoff, I can kind of look and, you know, learn from these lessons and hopefully not get kicked in the teeth quite as hard because I know 
you know, maybe look at a little context when you're looking at someone's last 24 rounds, see when these actually occurred, because it was kind of a, you know, an even playing field last summer where when you're in the middle of the year, but, and when you have these weird layoffs, it definitely does affect things differently and cost me a bunch of money, I guess. Mm. Hopefully, hopefully that's kind of the, just the broad lesson there is when you figure out why you lost badly, like it's kind of like a win. (laughs) <laughs> I you guess know, like, that's a good point. In, like in the long term, this is going to be a positive. Yeah, I you think. paid your tuition and now you should be better off for it. Um, so thinking about, I mean, I, I guess my guess would be as sports return, the qualitative part of a handicap, the mental model part of a handicap, the intuitive nature, you know, set aside, setting aside, um, you know, obvious cognitive biases. My guess is that that's going to rule the day out of the gate i don't i have a very tough time thinking that building a uh you know a robust numerical model for the pga tour to resume is going to be effective and in fact you could probably see the you know numbers are going to be might be shaped by that sort of approach uh and there may be a special you know special value on deviating from that um uh but you know i guess did you get a sense in the first week of bundesliga being back we had some friends that really did well they absolutely smoked. Was that based on kind of a more qualitative mental model? Kind of, I have some gut assumptions that this and this and this will matter, that these guys are going to be, you know, more likely, you know, this guy's carrying an injury. These guys are more, you know, susceptible to injury. These, you know, home field advantage isn't going to matter. You know, like those kind of things. Like, do you think the qualitative nature uh, helped some of our friends smoke uh, Bundesliga week one? Uh, I went 4-0. Well, t- I only got one match. It was all you in the same me. match. Um, what, what a lot of it was tailing. Like I tailed someone who was and just, you know, reading like people, you know, people are good. People are inherently good. There's plenty of people that, you know, they have a strong edge and they're not going to tell you shit, but there's plenty of people that will give out good information if you know where to look for it. And just again, building the networking, talking to people who actually follow soccer. And there was some really good, yeah, just, Maybe not, I don't want to say narrative. Narrative has such a negative connotation, but you know, stuff that stuff, yeah, quali- qualitative rather than quantitative. I don't even remember what match it was, but it was hey, this this team was like the last team to start training, like they they were not able to get together as soon as some of the other teams. They have not been training as long, they might not be as in shape, they might not be, they might be a little more rusty, and they got they got murdered. Like it, I think it was three one. Like we we bet on the other team's team total. We bet the other team's team total first half. We bet the other team to win. I ended up taking a live position on them to score the fourth goal when it was two one. Like that, that, and that's my four and zero. Like I paid a lot of juice on some of those, but oh wait shows. a second, no, you had some losses. You What's had that? a couple losses, didn't you? Play live over a half on every one of the first five games. Oh yeah, but that doesn't count. That's one bet. That's one oh. five-way bet, and it came out positive. I, oh, okay, I put okay, like okay. I put like twenty bucks flat on all those, and ended up with yeah. like four dollars. Yeah, okay, that's positive. Okay. No, you're. I mean, you're yeah. right. I guess I did. The Dusel dork screwed you. On that I guess one. I, I did. You uh, only should have gone four out of five. I should have gone four out of five. That would have been nice. But no, that was that was kind of just. A, yeah, when I when I write something on like on Twitter like that, I'm not joking. I'm I'm doing that. Like, no, I'm, for sure. I'm, no, probably not for a lot of money, but. I'm going to go through the live book and 
bet over one or over 0.5 goals on every single team at like what was your angle um i hadn't bet on soccer in a while (laughs) you weren't thinking like you weren't thinking like the 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 that the live model was going to be influenced it you know was going to be i thought you had an angle i thought you had an angle that was like hey look you know the first obviously the first 20 25 minutes first time these guys are back after this long of a layoff yeah, everybody was uh, was kind of like there, there were was no rusty. early goals. There was, there was no early scored. goals. None, None scored through like the 20, 20 somewhere minute mark. And I mean, it was kind of an angle, but that's and honestly, I don't want to get somebody like this. Feels like I have a heroin problem, and, I'm just, <laughs> and I want to explain like how good heroin feels. Like you would be amazed at this. What this feels like, guys. You should, but. You know, many people argue that <laughs> the best, the best live bet in sports is the over zero point five goals in the first half. <laughs> all you need is, and then all you need is one to trickle through. So it depends. You know, if if there's a heavy, heavy favorite, you know, if you're talking like Bayern Munich versus one of the lower end teams, when you get to the twenty minute mark and it's zero zero, it still might be minus two hundred. But for the most part, on an evenly matched, you know, not even evenly matched, but something with like a an over two and a half that's pretty pretty standard juice, like you know, not, nowhere crazy, like minus one thirty maybe at the most. Once you get to that twenty minute mark, it's right around even money for will basically will there be a goal in the first half? And I'm ashamed to say I've bet hundreds of those. Hundreds. <laughs> Like those are, oh, it's great. I, I don't even want, you know, I don't even want to know like how I've turned out on those. Those are so fun though. It sounds first like baseball in, first inning. Yes. It, it, it basically is. Yeah. It's like first inning. Like will there be a score? It's hockey over one and a half first period. Like it, that's why it's fun. It's just instant gratification. You can get that yeah. in. And the best part is when you're watching the match and you have uh, bet online has a ton. Like I use that a lot just cause I know someone else who does and they follow along with each other. And when they're, when you're watching the match, you know, it's a little bit behind. And then if you have the odd screen open at the same time and you see the whole thing freeze up, like yeah. everything come off the board, <laughs> you're like, Oh buddy. Oh, here, buddy. We go. here we go. Here we go. And then, you know, you're like you're 30 seconds behind on TV and yeah. you see him dribbling up the side, like, oh, this is it. And sometimes it's it's not always that's not science. sometimes it's just a chance, right? Sometimes it's just a chance. But when you see the live screen freeze up and you have that bet, that's the maybe the best feeling in the world. <laughs> so yeah, no, I've I, I I and I don't like to post those because it's so time sensitive. Like sure, yeah, I, yeah, yeah. I hate I hate posting live bets because no, that's no there's no that's not fun. There's no value in posting it. And by, you know, by the time you post it sometimes somebody has scored already so yeah yeah but no that yeah i like the bundesliga i'm from there like i have family there i'm a stuttgart fan they've been relegated they're not good but they won they won it all like 20 years ago so Mm. at one point we had a good team but either way it's, it's fun to have one of the big five leagues back i think we'll have a couple more it'll be awesome to have soccer especially for some of the people who really follow it I, uh, yep. more of a casual, but I'm excited for that. And, uh, you know, we, we talked, I think off air, we were talking about Olympics. Yeah. It sucks. Like Euro 
the Euros. Oh, yeah. yeah, that's just one more thing we lost. <laughs> That'll be uh, another exciting part to next summer, hopefully. Yep, good point. Um, so, what? Uh, what about KBO? You've been playing baseball a little bit. Oh yeah, nothing. Yeah, there's some there's some sharp minds out here that have some good information. Should we do a KBO? podcast at some point we kind of we kind of might have to like it, it is it's not bad baseball and the best part is so the games usually start at 4 30 central i get up at five so like they've all just started when i get up and it's interesting to see like i'll follow along while i'm having some coffee because you know there's plenty of people like friends of ours that bet it dogma's been on it um i see Lindemann, yeah. lindeman has been betting for oh, of course fugly's betting. yeah fugs yeah. was doing it before it was cool yeah, he was doing it for years yeah yeah the real fugly man he's been he's been betting korean and taiwanese and chinese baseball for many years like that's way like you said way before it was cool so it'll be it'll be interesting to see like if things get back to quote unquote normal, if there, if there's kind of some carryover into next season and people are like, you know what? I, I put time and effort into this last year. I'm going to get into KBO again. And the markets are interesting because, you know, we talked about this a little, I don't think books really had to worry about this kind of volume before. And then all of a sudden they're getting, and you know, a lot of it may be recreational, but you're still getting a shitload more volume just because it's yeah. really- in town so just kind of by eye it feels like the odds it feels like the prices are highly volatile oh yeah especially book to book if you have 10 books open them all and go look at the prices on these it's i mean you're gonna find that in every league but sometimes there are and i won't name names but there are some books that are slow slow to the draw dm andy for the names of those books yeah. i guess <laughs> i mean it's just look for bad books honestly but there are, <laughs> there are some and i don't know if it, it'll continue but the, i think it might be just the case where they never had to really put time into this they're just copying lines and maybe not keeping up with it but there'll be some heavy moves on a team and there'll be a book or two that really is dragging high and tit and they're not they're not keeping up at all it's all of a sudden it's 25 cents off can you give me a sense of where to keep my eyes on what books are are uh, have the sharpest number? I don't know if I have an answer for that. I would think, you know, the the ones that take the biggest limits, you know, probably bookmaker man. I I don't know who's taking the biggest limits right now. I'm not limit betting KBO. That's for damn sure. So, I would think you know follow the money. Anyone who's taking big money on KBO would probably be. I want to say bet online is actually taking decent sized bets on them too. I think they'll take a dime on a, on a Korean baseball game. I think probably bookmaker Chris is probably taking a bigger I number. Of that, right? It'd be interesting to actually look into that, but yeah, okay, we'll do so, some research. So, I mean, before, I mean, we'll do some research before our books. KBO pod. <laughs> I mean, the rec books are going to be the ones where you might be tailing, but the limits are going to be lower as well. So. You're yeah, not going to yeah, get rich yeah. chasing chasing steam and hitting bad numbers. In fact, it might be a bad thing for. It might get your account closed. Yeah. Keeping that book. Yeah. <laughs> get your account closed real quick that way. Um, okay. Well, uh, speaking of taking a big bet, uh, bookmaker Chris taking 10k on the match too. Did you see that? It's like what three four days away. They're taking 10k on uh, uh, on the Tiger Woods uh, Phil Mickelson. Manning Brady ordeal. Um, 
and wildly, they have the most competitive price on Tiger Woods and Peyton Manning's team. Can you riddle me that? Because I, I saw, I think the first number I saw was like minus 200 ish on uh, tiger, uh, tiger Peyton. And I was like, what? Like that should be a, that should be like minus 300. Like what is going on here? Like, and again, kind of going back to, this was not a numerical model. This was pure gut kind of uh, first reaction to seeing that number. Like, you know, I had heard that they're playing this at tiger's home course. I know that Peyton Manning is a, you know, two or three strokes better golfer than Tom Brady. I know that the format, uh, well, that's debatable. Uh, there, (laughs) there's a hot, there's hot debate in the streets on that. I'm sure we'll have to save that for another pod. Um, but, uh, unequivocally Peyton Manning has a slower handicap, uh, than Tom Brady. Um, unequivocally Phil Mickelson has kind of fallen apart as a golfer. In the last year, guy, he's lost what 30, 40 pounds. He has been, it, you spell it, it's hard to do this <laughs> audio. You spell it with a ph, the the phil fade. You know, we I referenced the whole enchilada. Um, that's my tracking, my public tracking sheet that I keep out there. I don't think I've bet on Phil this year. I know <laughs> I've bet against him several times. <laughs> so I mean, yeah, like nobody, nobody's really excited to bet on Phil, and that's it. I think that's why the number is what it is. He's been kind of a fade early this season, and it's it's a big number though. It's you know if you if you think this is more of a coin flip, like that maybe these players aren't going to be taking it super seriously. Maybe you'd want to take the, but yeah, I'd, I'd lean towards the favorites. I probably won't play any of that. And I'll probably be more interested in the props because there's a couple books that have put out. And I think it just speaks to like the supply and demand of, you know, the fact that we don't have a ton of sports right now. Like go, go to bed online and <laughs> look at their golf specials. Like there, there's so much stuff going on on some of this. Yeah, a lot of it looks like I haven't even books. checked. I haven't even checked out some of the other books yet. Like uh, I think it's under golf. Yeah, golf specials. I mean, you can bet. It, it's very similar to what we could do last week with the um, driving for charity or whatever the hell it was called. This is champions for charity. That was called driving relief. So I mean, <laughs> counting one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten. Uh, I'm at like twenty. Different prop bets you can place for the first hole. You know, it's not every hole. There's only a couple for the third. Here's some for the fifth, the 18th, broadcast specials, commercials, club twirls, audible. Will anybody say deflate? You know, there's a lot of cheesy ones like that. But uh, what kind of hat will Phil wear? But there, there's like 100 different uh, prop bets just on Bet Online right now. Yeah, so. they're going to they're gonna write some tickets, man. Yeah, I'm gonna, gonna tickets on I'm gonna shop around for some of that stuff. I think. Well, let's do a little mini handicap on this. Let's 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 get our let's get a little let's just try. We're trying to stay in shape here. Let's do a little handicap on this. Um, see if we can't uh, find an edge here. I personally, I again, I loved the driving for charity. Uh, was that what it's called? Driving for charity. Driving relief. Driving driving relief. I loved the driving relief, uh, and I only bet pre-match and live. Because I want, I, I got one little pre-match action. Is that then, all there is? 
no, I, I didn't do any of the props pre pre match. Oh, okay, only pre match. Yeah, I on, only like only uh, only outright winner pre match, and then ah, I, I got you. I thought you were saying like yeah. I only bet on the tournament before it and. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't get involved in the smaller stuff until live because I wanted to see what the hell was going on. Like I just didn't get, have a concept of what was happening. Right. Um, but it was fun. I got a lot down live. It was a lot of fun. I broke, I broke up, uh, up, a, up a good amount actually overall. So I was pretty, pretty happy about that. Uh, largely thanks to Rory sticking that, uh, final, um, that final, uh, uh, closest to the pin shot. Um, the match two looks, like Tiger and Peyton in general are short to me. Oh. Uh, I think that it being Tiger's home course matters. This is being played at Medalist. Do I have that right? Medalist. Sure. Uh, golf course. Um, somewhere in Florida, right? Near Tampa? No. Oh, Where's boy. Medalist? Do you know? It's uh, It's down there somewhere. Sure. It's in America's penis. Uh, the medalist golf course is a, uh, it's a Pete Dye design in concert with uh, Greg Norman, right? Has a little interesting history. Uh, I think they, they tried, you know, Greg Norman has some sort of ownership co, you know, co, you know, chairmanship there. Uh, and he, they tried to force him out back in 2013. There was some, some fun drama. Um, but it's a, it's a course I think a lot of pros are familiar with a lot of pros practice on in the off season and Tiger Woods has played probably more times than we can even fathom a guess. What would you say over under uh, 800 times? Yeah. He's old. Like (laughs) just just sheer volume of being old. Okay. So he's got a lot of course familiarity. I think that matters. Uh, It's the type of course that is unforgiving around the fairways. Like it really challenges you to drive straight. It really challenges you to be disciplined. Uh, I think, uh, you know, to a degree, it's going to force some scrambling. Uh, the format itself, uh, is weird. The first nine holes is the same as the driving release. They're basically all four players get a chance to score. And the single player who has the lowest score wins, a wins a skin for their team. If both teams have the same lowest score, then the skin gets carried over. Yep, just four ball for f- through hole nine. Yes, and the so the am and they're giving them a stroke, I think. Um, so the the amateur players, which it's you know the the NFL. Oh, players. so Peyton and, T- and Tom get a stroke. Well, not really. It's it's um. I don't know. I think it's just three strokes throughout the first nine. The three hardest holes. I think think it's one par three, one par four, one par five. Don't quote me on that. But yeah, they are giving them a stroke on. Yeah, I think it's just three out of the nine holes. And it's got to be the three hardest then. I I would assume so. And then yeah, once they get past that, it's modified alternate shot. Okay, so then um, modified alternate shot. Can you describe that? Do you know how that works? I think everybody everybody wrong. tees off. Everybody and, tees off. I mean, it's best ball. It's, for the tee, for the tee, yeah. for the tee shot. Yep, for the tee shot, and then they choose. You know, you choose your best ball after the after the tee shot, and then they play on an alternating shot, but shot from shot with one ball from there on out until the hole is won by somebody or tied. Okay, so 
all four drive, let's say Tiger and Peyton uh, choose Tiger's drive, then Peyton takes the second shot, Tiger the third, Peyton the fourth, yes. et cetera. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Um, you will have to, I mean, you'll have to use... You'll have to use your amateur. Like I, I'm very excited about the second half of this. Like the you know four ball whatever. It it's going to be goofy because you have two guys who are way way better than the two amateurs that you're bringing in from the NFL. But like I like the alternate shot stuff because you have to use the shots. Any tournaments, you know, fun little tournaments I've played in. I like alternate shot a lot more because it really makes you use everybody. You don't just have like, ah, oh, we have one good guy and we're going to use like 80% of his shots. It's less Rory McIlroy carrying Dustin Johnson around a golf course. Yeah, so that that should be pretty interesting. Okay. Um, well, uh, so what in the world, who who is out there betting on Phil and Tom and why? Cause it's what is what is the money? angle? No, but, and, yeah, okay, sure. So like, yeah, this is, if you're, if you're just looking at this like, hey, um, here's my betting angle. They're going to want to make keep this, you know, dramatic. They're going to want to keep people entertained for the entire eighteen holes. They're not going to want to let this be a runaway, and therefore, you know, there'll be some goofing around. There'll be some shenanigans. There'll be some, you know, some uh, some gamesmanship to keep it close till the very end. And therefore, this is a coin flip. Do you think is that what people are actually betting on? I think I think so. And maybe they go back to last week, and it was kind of a coin flip. And, you know, I, I had the dog pre-match. I wish it would have come through and made some money live betting at least. But I think people maybe are looking at that and saying, you know, I'm just going to take plus money because the way these tournaments work, it's meant to be tight. It's meant to be close at the end, and I'd rather have plus money. Whereas I think, and I think you've maybe even pounded into my head even further what I've already kind of had as a preconceived notion is that the amateur is going to be very important, especially on the second half. Yeah. When it does go to alternate shot, you need a guy who can do it all as far as, you know, some pitching, some putting, some approach shots. And that's where, you know, all things equal. Let's say Phil and Tiger play similarly. I think, I think like you hit on early, you take the better amateur you'll get some better shots out of a guy who's been golfing a lot more over the last few years. Yeah, absolutely. Hopefully, hopefully his wife's still been getting those packages. (laughs) I know as long as Mrs. Manning is, uh, is, uh, you know, is is not uh, suffering from, you know, her ailments that she, and says she's keeping a, a a happy household, then we can, we can bet on Peyton, right? Um, Peyton's not going to choke going up against uh, Brady like we've seen him do, I don't know, what, 10, 15 times? No, there's uh, unless Belichick's caddying. <laughs> do they get caddies? I have no idea, man. I, I didn't look into uh, that part, I guess. Dude, if they, if they don't have caddies, uh, I don't know how Phil's getting through 18 holes. I'll be honest. Oh my god, his tits will be so sweaty. <laughs> I, um, I'm not 100% sure. They are going to let him wear... Uh, they're going to let them wear shorts again, which I've seen way too much content about that on Twitter. Like, let them wear shorts. I'm like, yeah, I, didn't, that was... I guess I hadn't even thought. I'm like, man, I didn't even think that's a thing. I thought it was just kind of an un, unspoken deal. I didn't realize, like, you can't wear shorts. You're going to play in golf in Texas in the middle of the summer. 
yeah, it, uh, it matters not to me. <laughs> I have zero. I I couldn't care less what they're wearing out there. Um, it was funny. Happy I guess it was respecting. a novelty. Yeah, there you go. Um, looking at the course layout, looking at the holes, and trying to kind of do a qualitative evaluation of is there anything that would favor a lefty on this course? I came up with nothing. No, I didn't. I, I do not. That is Listen, a, I, I, I'm writing that down as a question. I'm going to ask some people who understand golf better than me though. That's a good, okay. super good question. I, I didn't see, I didn't that. see a preponderance of masters. I mean, uh, Augusta style, uh, you know, lay, a whole layouts that I, that, that tend to favor a lefty at all. Um, in general, I thought it looked like a pretty boring course. Like it looks like a shitload of super, it's, it looks, it reminded me a lot of Pinehurst kind of. Like it had a lot of the same kind of characteristics, I thought. Um, and you know, I, I don't know. Do do you know? Uh, do you have an opinion uh, on Tiger's ability to scramble versus Phil's ability to scramble? Tiger is a better golfer. <laughs> I guess I don't. I don't. Uh, I don't know what kind of. The, the only thing that makes me nervous is Tiger. A little bit of injury concern over the years. Sure. Especially if he's gotten later in his career with the back and a few other things. So if he's, you know, if he's taking it easy because he's not wanting to, you know, wreck his back in a charity tournament, I, you know, maybe he's taking a club here and there and laying up a little. And I don't know. I don't, I don't know if it's going to, if that's maybe I'm overblowing that more than I should. So I'm not a hundred percent sure you need to worry about injury on a, you know, a one day tournament like this, but that'd be my only concern with him. Like he's, he's clearly better than Phil. I'm willing to speculate that Tiger's competitiveness is going to be felt on this. I don't think this is going to be a walk for him. I think he cares about this a little bit. He lost the first match. Uh, now that's not to say, you know, that he wants revenge, so to speak, but uh, I do think that the fact that they're playing on his home course is probably not an accident. The fact that uh, Justin Thomas is, you know, hand handpicked Thomas to be in the booth commentating, I think is not an accident. Uh, I think there are a lot of aspects that as I look across the way that this was organized, this looks like a Tiger show, right? This looks like everybody is kind of... What's the best price you found? Minus 185. Yeah, same here. Bet Online's taking more than Bookmaker. They are? At least on me. I can only put... It says my limit on... My limit on my limits are weird here. My limit on Tom <laughs> is five thousand. My limit on Peyton Manning is ninety two fifty. And then if you go to uh, okay. bet online, it's just ten thousand on both. Mm. I don't know why they made weird amounts like that. Mm. I'm gonna see what my bookie's taking. <laughs> I'm just gonna try a hundred thousand quick. My bookie's taking two grand. That's not yeah, all right. That's not the sniff ad. All right, that's good. Um, okay, uh, so I don't know. I just, I, you know, I think, I think the it does boil down to Peyton is a better golfer than Tom Brady. He's been golfing more than Tom Brady uh, in recent years, uh, and uh, he's got a better partner. <laughs> so uh, if you know, I, I honestly, I, if you can find, did you look around? Did you see anywhere where you can get um, a back nine? uh no, isolated no okay because i i'm i'm looking for that too like i feel like the edge is really on the back nine 
for them. Like maybe the front nine is a, is a coin flip. Maybe, uh, you know, maybe, uh, uh, it is fairly priced as a coin flip on the front nine, but the back nine really, I do think, uh, leans advantage tiger Payton. Um, I'm going to be, uh, hitting that, uh, you know, for all the marbles. Did you see anything in the way that the live prices were moving in the, uh, in the driving for release that would suggest to me, if I'm interested in laying this price here, I'm interested in laying this price. I'm going to do it. Am I better off waiting for picking my spot in play? Because there will be a time in play where presumably Phil and Brady may have a lead. Maybe. Like, I think if you're taking a risk, if you, if you really do like the minus 185, I mean, what are the odds? I mean, it's probably a coin flip that, you know what if if tiger if tiger takes the first hole and maybe even if it if it evens up at some point you might never see that number again i think uh, in something like this like i'm not going to go nuts on this i might lean that way and just look for something live okay. and play a bunch of props here's, okay. here, there's a couple of props you should not play they're offering between 15 to 20 to 1 on will there be a hole in one there's like, <laughs> what are they going to get? Like a total of uh, how many par threes are there? I have no idea. What four? Uh, there are four. So 16 shots at a hole in one. <laughs> and they're going to give you 15, 15 to one. The odds of a professional making a hole in one are, it depends who you ask, but roughly like 1200 to one. <laughs> you know, like, oh, <laughs> and you're wow. only getting you're only getting like 16 shots at this like but that's not I'm not saying that, the, the math does not check 000, out there yeah please don't can you I lay love a no in one props please don't bet the, can you lay a no yeah you can lay a lo- no at minus 10,000 no that's not that great um what what about uh will will uh will someone say omaha i didn't see that one. Oh, really no i think it's out there here, here, and here's one that is available if you want to like uh you can bet on the first team that to go one up if you really think like uh, woods and manning if they get a lead they won't they won't give it away you can go minus 140 at certain places that they'll be the first to go up you can bet the team that's first to go up wins the match Either team wins three consecutive holes. I think that's a hard no. Minus five fifty on the no. Three straight holes is pretty tough. Yeah, it's really tough. Um, they're just because there's going to be so many ties. So longest drive on hole one. Manning and Brady, one fifteen apiece. Mm. I'd have to look at. I have to look at the tape. Did they factor in uh, the fact that Phil's going to be flying West Coast to East Coast? I don't think so. <laughs> West Coast team playing on the East Coast early start time. You know what that means. Oh, I do have a after nine holes price. Oh, you do? Where'd you find that? Sportsbook.ag. Yeah, so it's right. um, Woods and Manning are minus 110. Phil and Tom are plus 175, and you get four to one on the tie. Oh, it's three-way. It's not gay. If it's in I, don't, I don't hate that, actually. What's the hold on that? Hold sounds pretty big. Um, yeah. Anyway, they, I mean their props are all going to be. Yeah. So. I yeah, think right. uh, yeah. Just I've I've only opened up four sports books at this point, and I've found a plethora of props. So I'm pretty excited to kind of dig into those, see if there's anything worth playing. I saw somebody post about like 
there's a prop. Will he wear a red shirt? Or does he yeah. do that? If it's not a Sunday, it's a Sunday, but it's not like a Sunday in a real tournament. What did he wear during the, the, the match one? I don't know. I don't, I don't think he wore a red shirt. Phil versus. Yeah. He wore like a striped shirt. I think. Oh, interesting. I'm going to have to look at that. Phil versus Tiger. Mm, okay. I think all the promo stuff had him wearing a red shirt because there's just so many pictures of him in one. Yeah. Celebrating for sure. That's what people think of. All right. Well, uh, sounds good. I'll pull, uh, I'm pulling for Tiger and, and Peyton here. Um, and uh, should be a fun experience. I'm excited about it. And uh, next week, what do we, we want to do next week? We talk a little NASCAR. Yeah, we've got. Let's bring in a let's bring in a NASCAR expert who's doing some heavy duty numerical modeling for NASCAR. Let's not call him a NASCAR expert because I think he'll hate that. <laughs> <laughs> but he, I mean, he's somebody I respect. Somebody who I respect the process and the God. What is the word for it? Just the maybe just dedication. Like when we talked about you know ping pong or whatever, going all in. He, this is not something he takes commitment. lightly. Yeah, yeah, he 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 does the whole Monty, the commitment on this. You know, he, he's normally a tennis better. He would be betting some baseball if it were around. He likes football as well, but right now, you know, he hasn't bet tennis since God knows when. So, I think the French and, Open would be starting this week. Funny, uh, one of the, I'll let him maybe explain it more. But the, the reason why he watches NASCAR is pretty funny too, that if it's, you know, part of the reason why he actually got into this, but he's, he's dug out a lot of information. He's put together a couple articles. He, uh, he found me a free winner last week. Hey, all right. Let's, uh, uh, we'll get to give him some shit for being a Slogano fan, right? Yeah, I think so. Okay. Well, that'll be our uh, pod for next week. We'll do all NASCAR stuff. If you have any thoughts or questions or tips, even because, uh, uh, I certainly don't know what I'm doing. Uh, by all means, reach out. <laughs> what are you doing for Memorial Day? Get the grill oh, going? Oh, yeah. Definitely getting the grill going. Can't Hell fucking I, yeah. I think I'm going to smoke some wings at some point. And you know what? It might just be tomahawk time. I haven't oh. had a tomahawk <laughs> I love I love because my kids think it's hilarious that I have a piece of meat that doesn't even fit on the plate. I love it. I love it. Oh, that's fantastic. Yeah. Yeah. Well, you're in training for when the competitive eating season comes back around. So you got to, got to, got to get after it. Tom Huck, ready to go. I love it. You got me thinking about uh, kielbasa. <laughs> I'm going to give that a whirl one of the days this week. You know, that's big, big grill weekend. That scene early in Goodfellas where they go to Polly's. It's like a Saturday afternoon, and they're just grilling. Honestly, it's just like pulled steel over over some coals. It's not even like a nice grill. And they have that 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 sausage that like loops in a spiral. Yeah. Like I've never had. one. I want to make one of those. That looks so. <laughs> good. Yeah, I just want to. I want to just go to the butcher shop and buy way too much stuff. I love it. I love it. All right. Well, enjoy your Memorial Day weekend. Uh, have fun watching the golf, and uh, we'll touch base next week. 